and welcome to another episode of Voices of Drama. This is your host, Kiana. Today, we will be taking a more contemporary approach. We will be discussing the play Angels in America by Tony Kushner. The main themes I will be touching on are the different identities that can exist within one group, connections within the queer community, magical realism on the stage, and how plays have the ability to transcend time. For context, Angels in America is a play published in 1992 by Tony Kushner. However, it takes place during 1986 in New York City. It is labeled as a gay fantasia, which I will talk more about later on in the podcast. The play is divided into two parts, Millennium Approaches and Perestroika. The play features symbolic and magical elements that are woven in with real-life events and real-life characters. The play has characters that are in relationship with one another, and they occasionally cross paths with other characters that they do not know personally. This creates intersected stories for a variety of characters that are living in New York. All of these relationships and intersections center around queer existence, being an American, and the AIDS crisis of the 1980s. As I'm sure you guessed, this play is very political in nature. The characters all have intersecting identities that contribute to their view of being an American. For instance, there are a few Jewish characters in this play, and the Jewish identity plays an important role in the story in addition to being gay. This is most likely a reflection of Kushner's own identities as an American. The play opens with a Jewish funeral for Lewis's grandmother. And after the funeral ends, Lewis talks to the rabbi about abandoning a loved one in a time of need. Even though Lewis is not a strongly religious character, this shows that being Jewish is still part of who he is and where he comes from. In addition, Roy Cohn is also a Jewish character that is not strongly faith-based. Roy and Lewis do not know each other personally, but Lewis strongly dislikes Roy Cohn because of how heartless he knows he is. At one point, when Belize is serving as a nurse for Roy and, and he gives him useful advice, he says that he's doing it out of solidarity. After Roy passes away, Lewis has a moment of solidarity with him with the encouragement of Belize. Lewis says a Jewish prayer of thanks over Roy, even though he was a terrible person. When talking about this play, most of the focus is on the queer identities and its categorization as a gay fantasia. However, after thinking about the play more critically and watching the HBO miniseries, I realized that religious and cultural identity is a crucial part of the play's progression and the identities of the characters. These many identities that each character has help to stimulate a conversation about intersectionality and how this can impact a person's experience as an American. The theme of intersecting identities is especially brought to light through Belize and Lewis's interactions. Lewis likes to have philosophical conversations about how people think and behave. At various points in the play, he has these discussions with Belize. These interactions reveal a lack of understanding for a group of people that Lewis is not part of. Both him and Belize have an extensive and rather intense conversation about race, identity, and oppression in America. Lewis is specifically talking about oppression and how racism isn't really about race, but it is a tool of the oppressor. Naturally, this strikes a nerve with Belize because he is black and living in America. In response, Lewis goes on the defensive instead of listening to the reasons why Belize might object to his tirade. Instead, he throws his own frustration back on Belize and tries to make him feel as though he should apologize for calling him out on being short-sighted. This scene stood out to me because it reminded me of the disparities that exist within the LGBTQ community in relation to race or ethnicity. 
There is often an assumption that there is pure solidarity and understanding within the entire community, regardless of race or culture. This is not the case, and non-person non of color members of the LGBTQ community are not immune to projecting racism or being dismissive of issues related to race. I also looked at the scene on a more contemporary and social level. The undoing of racism and the role that white people play in it is currently a widespread topic. This discussion involves the idea that everyone is taught racist ideas in subliminal ways throughout their lives. Sometimes when black people will discuss their experiences with racism or what they need from those with privilege in certain areas, there's pushback from those in more privileged positions. They may interpret talk of racism against people of color as a personal attack against themselves and prioritize their own feelings. An example of this is the fr frequent reply of all lives matter when someone says black lives matter. In Lewis and Belize's conversation, Lewis is getting defensive and is making a subconscious effort to get Belize to comfort him. This does not only speak to a larger social and contemporary experience, it also helps us to better understand Lewis and characters or people that are like him. Earlier on in the play, Pryor tells Lewis that he will be the one that will have to end up consoling him while talking about the details of his aids. This shows the audience that Lewis is a character that needs emotional reassurance. The above interactions help to lift his character off the stage and allow the audience to think of a person like Lewis that they have encountered in their own life. This is what I did above while speaking about the contemporary nature of these scenes and interactions. The ability to take these characters off the stage and place them into the world is part of the magic of theater, in Harper's words. Speaking of the magic of theater and moving characters off the stage, Harper does this in a literal sense at the Mormon Museum. This moment contributes to the magical realism of the play, which plays an important role in seeing theater as something that requires creativity due to the limits of the stage. When I initially read and saw Harper interacting with the mannequins that came to life on stage, I felt unsure about the importance of this to the play as a whole. Her line about the magic of the theater helped me to better understand this interaction in terms of theater and plays as a whole, and not just this play in particular. In this scene, Harper takes the role of an audience member and she is waiting for her opportunity to be able to interact with the characters. Eventually, the woman mannequin that is in the carriage comes to life for her and talks to her. This is an interesting scene as an audience member because you are an audience that is watching an audience and character interact with a character on a stage within a stage. This can make you think about your own relationship with the characters of the play and how they could be speaking to you through their various modes of delivery. Before the female mannequin came to life, Harper was looking at her and reading her thoughts, assuming that her story probably would not be very jolly. Even though Harper was not being directly spoken to, she was looking at the mannequin with a critical eye to see what message she could gather. This serves as a lesson for the audience and their own role within the theater. Moving back to the topic of contemporary elements of the play, I am delighted to point out that Angels in America has had a bit of a resurgence within the last two months or so. Back in October, there was a benefit streaming event that featured the play Angels in America, along with many other plays. It was a benefit event that raised money for COVID-19 relief. This rendition of Angels in America was unique because it was picked for the lineup due to its parallels with the current pandemic that is resulting in many people's deaths. In addition, this play was given a special twist because the actress Glenn Close was used to play Roy Cohn. 
I did not see this version of the play, but I think it was a very interesting stylistic choice to use a woman for a hyper-masculine role like Roy Cohn's. I also think it's very interesting that this play has had a slight resurgence due to its relationship to COVID and the way that a government handles it. From what I know, the Reagan administration did not even want to say the word AIDS or truly acknowledge the magnitude of the illness. In our present day, some people in government downplay COVID, the COVID-19 virus and minimize its impact on people's lives and their loved ones. This is a timely and perfect example of the ways in which theater can transcend time and always find a way to be relevant and teach lessons years down the line. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. See you next time. Bye.